Welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at wideteams. This is episode 86. I'm your host, Avdi Grimm. And joining me today is Dave Frey. Dave uh, works with an impressively distributed team. Dave, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your team. Yeah, well, I'm... Um... Uh, I'm a guy based in Paris, France, and I'm a freelance uh, Ruby developer, but the last four years, my full-time gig has been with a company called Haiku Learning, and we're up to 30 people now, and I think it's it's 30 people in about 15 locations in four countries, um, so we're heavily distributed, so I thought it might be an interesting interview for you. Four countries, gosh, 30 people, and you've got multiple locations in those countries, right? Multiple locations, yeah. Tell me, uh, just to start out, a little bit about what your company does. Yeah, so Haiku Learning is, uh, they've got a SaaS product that's a, a learning management system. And uh, we say an LMS. And what that is, is it's a way for uh, teachers and school districts to get their courses and course content onto the web. And conversely, to embed uh, all the great web stuff into your course content. And it's used by, we target K-12 schools, but there's all kinds of other people using it for professional development, uh, different training delivery kinds of things. Uh, so kind of content management, but with a lot of course stuff around it. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for your team? What kind of job descriptions do you have on your team? There's a lot of Ruby developers right now, and just in the past year, so to, to give a tiny bit of background about where, where we've come from, I was the fifth guy on the team. And that was four years ago. And just especially the last year, we've kind of staffed up a lot more of the kind of client services parts. We've got a number of people now that um, are working with schools, um, helping with problems, helping them kind of get bootstrapped with their information, those sorts of things. We've got some salespeople and uh, account managers. And so all the we're starting to get all the people that... Um, a real company has. And for, for the other developers out there in startups, you'll appreciate this. We, we just hired our first full-time system admin. So hmm. we're all developers. Pretty, pretty happy to see. And uh, what was the genesis of the distributed nature of, your, of this group? When they started, there were, there were a couple of founders and a couple of developers. They're all based in uh, Goshen, Indiana, because they all went to school there. And... Uh, when I came on, I was I was the oddball because I was in France, and I just met through through my brother-in-law. It was a funny connection, hmm. and so I think we started working together just because we we hit it off, and they needed somebody with my profile. Ever since then, it's it's really been people coming from from everywhere. So I I think our biggest site now has seven people. That's that's been a deliberate effort to to get kind of a critical mass there in, in Tucson. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, very, very early on, at the beginning, it was all co-located, and then I was the first remote guy, and then since then, it's been pretty much, uh, I don't know how deliberate and calculated it's been, but it's, there's definitely been an openness to uh, pulling on people, you know, from wherever they are, getting the right people, and uh, in some ways, the first person is the hardest. Right. 
What was that like for you? Was this was it your first experience with with a remote job, or had you done that before? Well, as a freelance, it was my first remote one. So I'd been freelance for a couple of years at that point, and all my clients until then had been here in Paris. But before that, I worked at a, a, a big IT company, and so we had many kind of variations on remote distributed teams, including offshore models and stuff. So when I came with this this big company to France. Um, we were kind of a, a development group, like an on-site internal IT group that was doing systems development, but we were all in the same place. And then as acquisitions and reorgs and things kind of took hold, there was a lot of it in a few years. We all found ourselves working on, you know, five or ten person teams in five or ten different places. So I was surrounded by French colleagues with whom I worked. I, I didn't work with any of them. Hmm. And that, that happened just over a few years. And then from there, I think the next big step was doing a lot of offshoring. And so I was managing teams in, in Bangalore and in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of another distributed sort of model, but uh, very different from what we're doing now, which is kind of a, an intentionally, you know, organically developed uh, distributed team. Right. What was what was going through your mind when you came on board as the first remote worker? <laughs> um, you know, did you think it was going to work? Did you have particular ideas about how to make it work? In a way, I was anxious about it because I just, I really, uh, I wanted it to work. They put a lot of trust into me and they took a chance. And at the same time, I was used to working remotely, so I knew that I could organize myself and communicate about those kinds of things. So I had some skills from the environment that I came from. But coming out of a little startup with, with an awful lot of work to do, that was, um, yeah, it was, it was a little scary at, at the beginning. So mm-hmm. just reminding yourself, I was reminding myself of the skills that I built already, that it was, it was totally possible. So what kind of skills go into that, do you think? Yeah, you know, um, it, I suppose it, it changes from individual to individual, but for me, frankly, the biggest challenge, I, I, I know a lot of people share this, but, uh, just staying focused and organized. That can definitely be a challenge, but it, it's just another skill. And so I think um, being persistent with it, it, it came pretty naturally. Other than that, you know, the first few years we didn't do any pairing and that kind of thing. And so a lot of the sharing was um, just talking or trying to do things through uh, shared desktops and stuff like that. And so at the beginning, getting the knowledge transfer was, was hard, too. Well, tell me about how that has developed and progressed for you. What is the dynamic like nowadays with your team? How much, how closely do you work together? Uh, in what forms do you work together? One of the things we learned along the way was just how important the social aspect is. And so pretty quickly, we, I don't think HipChat was our first tool, but it, we went to it pretty quickly. And it, it really became, you know, it was, express, it was a, it explicitly Expected that that was a socializing space. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to post your cat pictures or whatever in there, that was, that was totally okay and expected. So I think there was an early understanding that, um, the, the people side of it was, was really, really important that people have to feel connected. And so that's, that's a concrete tool. As we've grown, I think something they've, they've done really well too is, They've done a lot with with teams, and just to talk about the dev part, we kind of decided at one point to not have anybody to work on their own. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have four dev teams right now, sub teams, for about ten developers. So the teams are two or three people each. But if we're not really doing pairing, pairing, at least we're always working with somebody else, and that's helped a lot too, helping people not feel 
um, isolated or on their own. Or that kind of thing. So Just that describe. Way. So, I mean, we've talked about pairing, remote pairing on this show several times in the past, but and maybe we can we can talk a little bit about how you do that. But before we do, what does it mean to work with somebody else when you're not pairing with them? <laughs> yeah. So this is a bit of a digression, I, I guess, but. Pairing really opened up for me when I kind of relaxed about the term a little bit because for a long time it seemed intimidating. You got to have your your TMUX set up and test driven development. All those things are are interesting. We do some of that, but pairing can be as simple as just saying, "I don't know how to tackle this," and mm. we just get in a hangout for a while and I show you something. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've gotten in the habit of using pairing quite loosely that way, and we do it with our, our support people too, so they don't understand how something works or. We need some input, and so uh, we have pairing sessions. We call them pairing sessions. We're not pair programming, but uh, mm-hmm. we're intentionally getting together and doing something together. I can kind of vouch for that. I mean, I do still do pair programming sessions regularly on open source code with people. And, um, you know, sometimes we're very heads down and getting something done, but other times they've just kind of turned into conversations about, uh, you know, coding philosophy and stuff like that, so... I think it's it's good to have that kind of loose definition of a pairing session. Hmm. It's it's. I found it really liberating. Yeah. You can use it a lot more places. I can use it a lot more places than I than I would have thought before. Mm-hmm. And I'm more inclined to. Yeah. What's the work life balance like for you? Are you do you, do you find that working remotely makes you spend more time on on your work, less time, about the same? Yeah. It's it's all of the above. So I think the first thing I'd say is it just feels so much more flexible. So. If there's something either really important to the company going on or something really interesting to me, I'm inclined to work a lot more. But if the motivation's not there or, you know, there's, there's other reasons that I, that I can back off a little bit too. And there's, I think, plenty of space for that in, in how we're working together. One of my motivations for doing this whole freelance thing was, um, I've, I've got a daughter growing up and I was, I, I hated coming home from the office at eight o'clock, nine or nine o'clock. And so just being able to be here, it's been really good. So, in fact, I've recently just moved my whole workspace out into uh, the common room, which has mm. been a little bit tricky because of concentration and so forth. But um, it's another thing I found that I got used to pretty quickly, and it's been really good to uh, just be, you know, that much more present right. in the family. And if I if I need, like now, I don't have my family in here because I'm doing this interview, but uh, we all understand that uh, I can just take the room for for half a day or an hour or something that I need. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that kind of flexibility is be- I've become very, very attached to. So you, um, you, you just kind of you work with, with kind of organically with the family around you, happening around you. and Yeah, exactly. And as far as time, it's also kind of organic. It depends on the, the deadlines and what's needed and my energy level and uh, what's going on in my personal life. So yeah. all those things I get to juggle a bit and... Uh, it, it, it seems it seems to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it might be different if I were in a company where they're trying to really squeeze as much as possible out of everyone. But um, there's a really good kind of you know people vibe in, in this company, and so there's, it just feels like there's a lot of room for balancing things the way that um, works best for you. Mm-hmm. That's so it's fairly even pace. Yeah, yeah. On average, it's pretty even, and then we get in a hot we get in a hot situation. Everyone jumps in and we, we get something done, but it's, it's, uh, that's definitely seen as the exception. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not tolerated for very long on anyone's part. Mm-hmm. So do you think, uh, this is the way you want to keep working? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's an, that's an easy one. 
it's uh well you know it's, it's not it's not always easy for everyone you know because some people really miss the the bustle of the office and things like that so right no it's, it's quite true so for me i think it's an easy one even though i, I would i would quickly admit that uh sometimes it's really a bit of a drag to not have you know your, your people right around they, right around you you can go out to lunch and those kinds of things that social aspect is um Kind of hard, but I, th- I think what I've noticed too is that my outside life tends to flourish because it's uh, it's other projects, it's other things that don't have anything to do with, with tech and work. So I've got kind of you know my my professional work that I'm doing is largely distributed this way, and then mm-hmm. it seems like since I've been doing this, my my outside life has has kind of flourished as well. What kind of things do you do? A lot of it is uh, just being the family. That I've got some other community organizations that I'm involved in. Mm. Yeah, other projects. I won't bore you too much with all that. <laughs> well, very cool, Dave. It sounds like it sounds like remote work is definitely working out for you and, and working out for uh, for your company as well. Yeah, I, I think that's totally true. Yeah. Before I let you go, uh, where can people find out more about you and Haiku uh, Learning online? Yeah, Haiku Learning is um, just like it sounds, haikulearning.com. It's also squished into one word. And uh, my usual short name for things is uh, Potato I Have, all in one word again. But if it's not that, you know, GitHub and so forth, it's Dave Fry. And Twitter is Potato I Have too. That's, that's probably the quickest way to catch me is through mm-hmm. Twitter. Cool. Well, Dave, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. And that is our show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. To subscribe to the show if you haven't already, go to yteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Y-Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm, signing off. <laughs>